0: centerlefttalkradio.com, you are listening to us in one of two uh, formats, either As a radio loop, which is to say, you uh, you are hearing us as though uh, you simply turned on the dial on your radio, or uh, in the car, or at home, or someplace, and picked up the show wherever it was in the wait for it the loop that it's playing in in our radio loop mode, uh, or you picked us up as a podcast. Uh, You can do either of those things when you go to www.centerleft talkradio.com that takes us to our uh, our homepage and the first two links you run across when you're there are appropriately the link to our podcast this show would be the one at the top of the list And after that is the link to our radio loop. This show would be the one that's uh, that's running right now on the radio loop. You don't get to choose which radio loop show you're listening to. Just be aware that the most recent show and that show which is at the top of the podcast list is also the show that's running in a radio loop. But of course, when you go to the podcast listing, uh, you can uh, go through, I believe, the last uh 50 shows i think are up there on the list I, ha- I have to count that again a little more carefully but every show goes up as a podcast we do at least two a week and we'll be getting back to uh doing uh, noble hearts forums or fora uh in the not too far distant future so keep an ear out for that as well It is the 7th of June, the year 2022, and we are promised... Uh, by Chris Murphy, uh, the senator from Connecticut, and a handful of Republicans on the other side, that somehow there will be a response. Uh, a, there will be legislation, federal legislation. My God, that will somehow uh, uh, make a uh, make a dent. I don't know. I don't even know how it's being uh, prefaced, uh, but. There that will change in some positive way the ease with which people can kill other people with guns in this country. Um, now, all you have to know from the get-go Is that the outlawing of assault weapons isn't even within the imagination of the Republicans who are supposedly cooperating here. Naturally, Mitch McConnell, knowing that there's been a huge outcry after what happened in Uvalde, Texas, and and all the other mass shootings that are happening on a regular basis, The several hundred of them, a mass shooting being a shooting in which at least four people were shot, some maybe killed, um, by by a single or a concerted group of gunmen. and these days, of course, it almost always involves an automatic weapon, uh, a, a basically a killing mechanism, uh, which somehow, some way, uh, only in America could be uh, legally purchased by an 18-year-old on their birthday. So, what, what apparently the Republicans uh, that Murphy is talking to, what they're willing to concede to? Um, is uh, looking a little more carefully at the juvenile records of that 18-year-old who wants to walk in on their 18th birthday and purchase a gun. They can't just limit it to uh, a billboard that might have been put up recently saying, by the way, this 18-year-old kid is completely stark bonkers crazy and has been saying nasty things to his classmates about a desire to destroy and kill. And of course no one believes that he ever would he's just not that type of kid so so beyond we're getting beyond information that might otherwise be appearing on a billboard that you would find driving down the street we're getting a little more subtle than that i suppose we should be grateful it's BS it's crap it's meaningless there's it, it, it's it's garbage there's nothing really that's going to come out of this that will have any meaning whatsoever this is this is Mitch McConnell looking to give some form of cover uh, to the Republicans in the Senate so that they can say they've done something but they will have still done absolutely nothing because the Republicans are in the grip of the NRA they basically are only Owned by the NRA, uh, they are owned by the uh, the base of the Republican Party that is still in the enthralled with and within the grip of an NRA mentality, and nothing seems to be done, even though 80 or 90% of the country uh, is absolutely for serious background checks. I mean, really checking stuff out. I mean, really getting into the mental history. Somehow, the Republicans have this thing about saying, well, we, it's all about mental health. What what is it that McConnell's saying now? What the the areas that we're the areas that we're going into involve involve uh, mental health and 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 more uh, guards at schools, mental health, red flag laws. I believe isn't that sort of the type of thing that. Uh, That we, that we're not, you see, somehow mental health is being divorced from this other area called red flag laws, which which aren't okay, uh, which Republicans don't want to expand, but red flag laws are basically inexorably tied to mental health. You have a red flag law that basically is enacted when something triggers a, a recognition that a gun owner, a current gun owner, or a potential gun owner, I imagine I imagine the same term would apply uh, if you were in the process of purchasing a gun, but you are not in a mental state where you can be trusted, well, no one really should be have to be trusted with a assault weapon because they're designed for one reason only, to kill humans. That's what assault weapons are for, unless you really, really, really want to make the argument, and you can be crazy enough to try it and say, well, I have a right to um, uh, have fun shooting off a... Uh, um, a weapon uh, that is designed to kill other human beings, and the Second Amendment allows it. That's another fantasy. The Heller decision obviously ignored half of the Second Amendment. We've had this show already uh, talking about, well, if these, if these, if, if the, uh, if the self-destruct button that's already been pressed at the Supreme Court will take out Starry decisis and take it out for a 50-year uh, ruling and standing like uh, Uh, Roe v. Wade, why not take out Heller while we're at it? It would make perfect sense because it was probably an even more political decision than the decision is right now to take out Roe v. Wade. Uh, Clearly, Roe v. Wade is going simply because three Trump-appointed justices, two of whom lied during their confirmation hearings to the American public and the Senate, are going to destroy Starry decisis. Why? Which essentially simply says that the rulings of the court stand. They are sacrosanct. You better have an incredibly good reason for taking them out. Well, the Roe v. Wade opinion that's circulating, the Alito decision, doesn't have a good reason. There's a plenty of good reason to take out the, uh, the uh, Scalia uh, decision that was written in the Heller case because it ignored... The plain and clear, obvious language, half of the Second Amendment was ignored. The part about militias, that that the guns are allowed to be in people's hands in order to have a militia. Why would you have a militia? Well, everybody in 1789 knew that, because you didn't want to have the British or anyone else coming on our soil and essentially taking over the country, taking over ownership of people's homes, because we didn't have a full standing army everybody who has ever studied history understands that. The words about militias weren't put in there basically because they needed extra words and they were being paid by the word. And and the founding fathers would have felt that they'd done an injustice if they didn't add a few more words, but they didn't really expect anyone to pay attention to them. Much like Justice Scalia and the majority in the Heller case just didn't bother noticing that there was half of the Second Amendment that they were ignoring in reaching the decision that essentially came down to anyone and everyone can own a gun. And of course, that would include assault weapons, a ban that was allowed to sunset sometime in the what was it i guess it was in the, it was under the bush uh, bush 43 administration there was a 10 year law that banned them and uh, under pressure from the nra uh, it, it allowed the ban to lapse and assault weapons and tons of them are back on the street and killing people at random and all those wonderful things that people do with weapons of mass destruction So I'm not counting on much of anything coming out of uh, Chris Murphy, well-meaning, and, and, uh, you know, good guy, Uh, but I'm not counting on much of anything happening in his working with the Republicans, except that there's a delay mechanism in place over here, and Mitch McConnell is just basically negotiating for time and some kind of action that will make the current pressure concerning guns go away because, well— his, his caucus simply can't afford to allow Americans to live safely. They can't. The NRA won't let them. It's just against everything, uh, all the money and all of the control that they seek. There is no ability on their part to legislate or to give a rat's ass about the people that they are legislating supposedly for who are overwhelmingly in favor of the things that the Republican caucus in the Senate and in the House for that matter are blocking vigorously because they're afraid of a small base of people who basically run the primaries and we're in primary season right now as we approach the 2022 midterm elections so so much for that crap and. I guess then there's gas prices if you want to really stay happy and joyful about what's going on in the country and 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 we've seen prices go up before never to this level the the average price of a gallon of gas around the country is hovering at about $5 uh, it's up in 6 and $7 territory in various parts of the west and the northwest and as in the past if when when someone actually has the the is to, to take a look at what is happening right now and why prices are being pushed up. You, you, there, there's always some very glib, shorthand, quick explanation that it's a number of different factors and somehow uh, Russian oil is being looked at as a major source of all this. Of course, we could compensate for that in a, roughly a heartbeat with output production in America. Then, then there's something about, well, refinery capability, and somehow refineries suddenly become incapable of producing oil whenever there's a surge in prices. It sh- The two always go together. Have you ever noticed that? that? That refineries need to be shut down and there's just no access to refinery just when you need them the most there seems to be an auto trigger on this and there's never a full explanation of why there is plenty of gas to be bought this is not the this is not the 70s this is not the arab embargo on gas that americans were going through back then that drove the price up to almost a dollar a gallon at that time people were going absolutely insane when that when we were approaching that uh, that barrier and have long since busted through that There is gas to be had. The oil companies can produce all the gas we need right now. Okay, uh, and they are simply uh, taking advantage of what they claim to be international market prices that are basically set independent of what the actual capacity and 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 stockpiles of any one country are, in order to say, well, you know, this is the international price of a of a of a barrel of oil. We simply are passing on the price that it. No, 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 no. You're oil producers. You're not oil buyers. Yes, there is oil on the market. You may have a right to charge this simply because, or at least no one's stopping you, but it's not reflective of what it costs you to produce a gallon of gasoline in America. Nowhere near it. You could do it for a fraction of that. We have found this time and time again when people have sort of done post-mortems on periods of time like this where the cost of a gallon of gas keeps shooting up all over the place. There's no real connection between the price at the pump and what it's costing a, a, an oil company to produce a gallon of, of gasoline. They're just raping us because, well, they can. You see, the price goes down sometimes, and now we have to make it back up again. So we're going to just take whatever we can while we can. Screw you! And I'm positive that, that that some spokesman for the oil industry could could put it in far more elegant terms and make it sound far more rational and reasonable why we're being raped uh, at the pump right now, why these numbers are, are going insane. Uh, but, of course, you're not going to find that discussion on national TV or on cable television or any place where enough people are going to see it. You're going to get shorthand explanations that there are multiple, 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 the best you're going to hear is that there are many, many factors at play. And someone will slip in the word Ukraine in there to sort of get the Russian uh, angle uh, with the elimination of Russian oil out there. This is after you hear something about Russia being responsible for 5% of the world's oil. But then you have to remember that we have the capacity to produce more in this country as well. And, well, and and finally, as your head is spinning, somewhere along the way, you accept the statement that there's many, many factors and ultimately resign yourself to the, well, there's nothing I can do about it anyway because there's nothing anyone is willing to do about it at the legislating or the executive level because the oil companies, like the gun companies, own our politicians' asses. So, what's there? to do. You just watch it, and you watch the pain, and you absorb the pain, and you go through it, and you watch the ineffectiveness of what's going on, which, which would be business as usual, except these things tend to have a cumulative effect. And, and they have a particularly cumulative effect this week, because we are finally approaching... The hearing, the, the public hearing stage of the January 6th committee, the committee that that Republicans, and of course Donald and company, uh, do everything in their power to scream and yell is an invalid committee, that's a lie, and that they have nothing, that's a lie, and that we never did anything wrong, that's a lie, and that the election was stolen, that's a lie, and of course this is all done in the silos of information that are fed to people of different political stripes. You can be a, a Trump supporter in this country. You can, be a, you can be a red-blooded Trumpian, a red-meated Trumpian supporter, a, a conspiracy theorist, and insulate yourself relatively easily from anything but the bullshit that you basically need in order to get this that flavor the flavor that brings out that feeling of grievance and anger and being wronged and and being part of this of this of the great oppressed and and having the right to do anything whatsoever to overcome the wrongs that are being done on a daily basis and to maintain the fantasy that this is our last chance to basically take back the country and to constantly feel Feel that you're on the edge of doing something more rebellious, rebellious even than what was done on January 6th, and that it was all justified anyway. It was only political speech. You can actually find a world with, with relative ease in which all of those things not only are the predominant message, but the only message. You can find a world of media, of social media, of TV, of any other source of information that will restrict itself to that brand of information. And naturally, you basically continue a conversation only with people who are of like mind. So, so this is something that we didn't have. This was not the, the atmosphere, let's say, during the time of, of Watergate. Why? Well, because we didn't have the ability to segregate out information streams the way we do now. If you were around during Watergate, you remember that in the beginning, there was a lot of confusion about what had happened. Remember, remember, remember as we under as we found out what was going on richard nixon had been reelected and he was reelected hugely and at the point that the, the break-in was announced, I happened to see this the other day, at the point the break-in was announced, his popularity level in America was somewhere up around 63%. Damned high number for any president. Normally, uh, I, I guess with, 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 with a fresh election and really having just trounced his, who was his opponent in the second election? Was that Dukakis the second? I'm trying to think of who we ran, no. Who did he run against in the second in his second election? He trounced them. That was McGovern was the first was the was the first time. I forget who he ran against in the second election, but it was a trouncing. Now, over the course of the next eighteen months or so, that popularity level went from sixty-two or sixty-three down into the thirties, and finally, by the time he left office. His popularity level was somewhere around 23 percent, but it required a generally rational media that basically was not capable of running off into extreme territory and siloing information designed for consumption by people who wished to sustain a fantasy about Richard Nixon. I, I know plenty of people, or knew plenty of people, but I I think I, I probably could trace them down, who probably to this day will tell you that Richard Nixon was a very good president, a very good man. Maybe there would be a little bit of a concession to the notion that he had a bit of a flaw. But, but there would still be this uh, sort of uh, a bit of a, a hankering for, geez, he was really a good guy. He, he knew what he was doing. <clears throat> he just made a big mistake. Or maybe maybe he didn't make a big mistake. Maybe uh, this is well. This is just what happens. Uh, you know, people break into the uh, to the headquarters of uh, the opposition and attempt to uh, uh, do whatever they have to do in order to uh, find enough information to whatever. And uh, Nixon Nixon went way too far in this. And. Uh, the thing that was interesting about the Nixon situation, Watergate, was that it all took place while he was the sitting president of the United States, this whole process. Now, with, with Trump, and I, and I mentioned earlier that you know, we, have, we have the first of the public hearings Uh, being presented by the committee, the January 6th investigation committee, coming up starting this Thursday. I think it'll be Thursday evening uh, in prime time. It'll be for several, there'll be several of these. I'm not sure if they happen on consecutive days or what days they happen, but this is the first one, and this is supposed to be a big one. With Trump, all of this is happening after the fact. Uh, the, the January 6th break-in, clearly because of what he did right there on the air, led to his second impeachment trial. Obviously the Republicans being scared to death could not do a damn thing about it. Uh, the day of everybody was claiming that's it we're going to get rid of him. We know what he did. Of course he was there. Uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy he said uh, uh, Mitch McConnell. He did, he did it. He did it. He did it. And then everybody backing away when they realized that some how uh, the the public might not on the Republican side might not go along with them that 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 sudden surge uh, that that surge of of of, of, of uh, responsibility, that surge of of Americanism, nonpartisan Americanism that is supposed to go absolutely bonkers at the notion that someone could, in your face, attempt to destroy the very fabric of the democracy that we all share, that reaction, the, the natural reaction that we would all expect, lasted for a few hours, maybe a news cycle or two and then began to dissipate when it became obvious that Trump wasn't going to do anything, that nothing really was going to happen quickly, and that if anything there would be an investigation. And then the political juices began to return again, and the standard reactions that basically prevent uh, anyone and anything from doing the right thing once again kicked into play the media, the right wing media went into full uh, offensive force, has been there ever since and has been siloing down the information that those who require that kind of information in order to sustain their own sense of grievance, and by the way there was a time when I would have said, and by the way they're all. this is all dictated by your education level and all dictated uh, by by your capacity to learn and, and where you are in school and social. No! I know plenty of very, very smart people who basically are, have bought into this, and I'm, I'm convinced now it ha- it's an emotional thing. It's a psychological and emotional thing, which goes beyond. Yes, in many instances, there is an educational level. Let's be absolutely honest. People who don't know how to process information will be more prone to accepting a lot of the crap that's out there with the right wing media. That it was a fix, that it was a hoax, that you can, that you're not allowed to look at the most obvious reasons. But there's a much more subtle way of putting this stuff across, and it's a it's a me tooism that's always and. <clears throat> am- Amplified in some way to say you see it's always been this way and the and the and the result of it Is not to come out and just say Trump is wonderful and great. It's to modify. It's to soften the idea of what was done because you see it's been the other way forever and we've been doing this forever until you get to the point where you have just softened the nature of an insurrection so much that it's nothing and that basically it's just the the whatever it is, the the, the, uh, military industrial complex media that basically is looking for something to say and it winds up just ignoring the fact that there was an insurrection incited by the President of the United States. Now, we've gotten something like 700 different people have been arrested. There have been, I don't know how many of the cases have actually been tried, all federal cases here. A number of people are in prison. Oathkeeper heads have been recently uh, kept in prison. They'll have to stay in for the full term of whatever they've been, uh, you know, whatever whatever their uh, their their sentencing required. Um, we have just now finally gotten to the point where uh, well, Steve Bannon is is has been indicted, and uh, who was the other Looney Tune, the crazy guy, the the uh, Navarro he was indicted the other day he's a, he's you know he's a bit of a head case it's it's obvious that Peter Navarro is not the sharpest tool in the shed but Mark Meadows uh, it seems like he's gonna skate and we're something like eight we'll see now January it's June something like 18 months after the fact now granted Trump was out, you know, not long after, after attempting to fight everything, being one of the first presidents in modern history not to attend the inauguration of his successor, um, and keeping and continuing with the lie ever since. And basically, you know, the clock was running on his term as the impeachment. Uh, his second impeachment took place. The, the results were predictable, the Republicans were too frightened to, after, after having this initial uh, flush of, 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 uh, of civic responsibility, of, of Americanism, running through, the, coursing through their veins, they remembered who they were, that they were nothing, that they were basically incapable of governing, and simply went back and defaulted to doing whatever the hell was best for Donald. But, but what will happen now? Okay, you, you, have, you have two close aides who have been indicted. They've been indicted for withholding information. Presumably the information that they withheld is information that the committee already has in its position. God, they were indicted by the Justice Department, by the way. The, the, there is no, as a practical matter, there will be no indictments handed down by the committee itself. They make referrals to the Justice Department based on their findings, and the Justice Department decides what it's going to do with those. And we have, uh, we, we have Peter Navarro, and we have uh, Steve Bannon, both of whom were damned close to Trump. Is that Mark Meadows? No, it's not Mark Meadows. No, 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 no. But, but we have information. The, the committee has tons of information. And we're being given a, a heads-up, especially by Liz Cheney, that what will be put out there will be evidence, full evidence, of a conspiracy directed by the President of the United States to overturn an election, a federal and criminal offense. Now, if that's going to be put out there, and, and Donald's fingerprints are all uh, this the, the, the early press on this is that Giuliani is going to basically uh, be, be brought into the conspiracy, uh, that uh, Kevin McCarthy will be brought into the conspiracy. Other sitting, currently sitting members of Congress will find themselves part of the conspiracy, basically, to defraud the American people, overturn the election, uh, and be guilty of insurrection. And the Penalties that go with it, which are severe, by the way. In most other countries, it would be a firing squad. Here, I believe this would probably merit a number of years in prison. A number of years in prison, if convicted of this. Remember, remember what what everyone has been convicted of so far. There, ha- the the Oath Keepers guy, the the head of the Oath Keepers, was one of the few that I've heard, and I could be wrong about this, but one of the few that I've heard that actually was uh, uh, convicted of uh, seditious conspiracy, uh, a conspiracy to commit sedition, to basically uh, undo uh, the workings of the United States government. And I think that's what's contributed to a several-year long term. I don't know what the maximum sentence would be for something like this. I don't know what level he has been convicted of. I don't know how much of a leader uh, of, of, of of the conspiracy, of the sedition, of the insurrection he is deemed to be be by virtue of the sentencing papers or what he was ultimately convicted of. I do know that Liz Cheney claims that what she and the committee are going to be putting out beginning this Thursday evening will define a conspiracy, a criminal conspiracy led by Donald Trump. Now, A great deal of angst and anger has been expressed at Merrick Garland for not uh, coming out and doing what everybody claims uh, you should be doing. You should be uh, putting all of the Trump people uh, behind bars. They're all part of a conspiracy. No, instead, he's been spending months and months and months and months and months basically building a case, going through all of the uh, paperwork, go, doing all of the hard legwork, building up to, one would imagine, this moment, where you finally, uh, where, where this evidence is about to be presented by the committee, and if the committee does a decent job of this, let's let's forget about changing minds among the American people. The Republicans have already said the Republicans are already, you know, promising counter programming during. Uh, during the hearings. Well, it's going to be rough because the hearings are going to be every place. I think even Fox, I'm not sure, will Fox and Newsmax be carrying the hearings? If the Republicans are promising counter-programming, then then maybe, let's see if a Fox or a Newsmax can actually not carry this stuff. Um, they probably, I, well we'll see, we'll see where this goes. But the reality is the, the the best I think that that Liz Cheney and the committee can hope for is that this information somehow breaks outside of the walls of the standard silos that contain and restrain the information that is received by the average Trumpian, by the average. Whatever passes for conservative these days. The stuff that does not include analysis and, 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 and thought processes that, that, that would allow you to draw conclusions other than, at worst, they're all alike. That, 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 that prevent the ability of the people hearing this information, even the, the smart ones, the ones who went to good schools, feel smarter by being able to say, well, it's like what they all do all along, so this can't be any worse. It's this, it's this they found a way to make s- people who consider themselves smart feel smarter by saying it's just a continuation of the same crap that's been out there forever. It can be said with a glass of wine or, or a beer, but it basically demeans and lessens the significance of committing insurrection against the country. It, it turns it into a part of a big show. It makes it palatable, it makes it entertaining, and therefore eliminates the reality of what has actually happened. It, it 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 just neutralizes the ugliness and the horror show of what has happened. Now, on its own, it's bad enough. You add this to our gun killing mentality. You add you add this uh, to uh, you know the uh, the gas prices and our inability to deal with with the things that are that are hitting us so strongly, you add this to the legislation that is being designed and put in place that would allow many states to overturn valid election results simply by having a political secretary of state or whatever that position is in that state appointed who can basically say, no, I don't like the way that worked out, we're gonna change the results. You take all that and, and you throw that in the mix, and you wonder why people around the planet are beginning to question more and more what the hell is going on in America. If, if this country cannot find it in its own gut to protect its own people and to protect its own laws and to protect succession of power, if that has been now politicized to the point where no one can listen to the other side's uh, explanations of why something is is basically seditious and, and insurrectionist, and because it's politicized, the, the powers that be will basically do nothing or block it. A minority can block the actions required to, to correct in some way That which needs, desperately needs correcting. If the system is so broken, if the Supreme Court essentially is willing to basically debase itself if it's willing to basically uh, prostitute itself uh, in order to basically fulfill the political demands of a president who has been able to convince two sitting Supreme Court justices to, within the last two years, lie during their Senate uh, confirmation hearings about what they would do in stare decisis relative to Roe v. Wade, and basically no one seems to ever get punished for any of this, well, then it's not hard to understand why faith in the system is really at a pretty old... I mean, not that the Congress in the last 20 years has had much of a rating, but faith in America generally, among Americans, is pretty bad. And, and the sense that the country is going in the right direction... The people who believe that I think are somewhere in the 20 or 25 percent range. It's, it's an abysmal number because nothing seems to be doable. That no matter how big and ugly and and ridiculously in your face the problem is, and no matter how obvious it is to, 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 to regular folks, what a problem is no matter how obvious it is that you should not have assault weapons out there that you shouldn't have everybody in the world having a gun that there shouldn't be 300 million guns on the street no matter how obvious that is uh, from a pure logic perspective a common-sense perspective there's well there's nothing we can do well no I, I, I change that nothing we can do within the current system and, and, and this and this is the this is the argument that I find myself getting into with people a lot lately. People of all stripes are, still seem to be of the opinion that Americans No matter how awful the political thing is, no matter how inactive, no matter how non responsive, no matter how ridiculous, it would appear that people, that we can't do something rational. About, I mean, look, England. England pulled handguns off the streets sometime in the 80s after there was a sh- there was a shooting in a school in England, and that was it. The, the country outlawed handguns. Boom, done. Australia, New Zealand, uh, some uh, sometime in the last 20 plus years, both countries just got rid of, uh, they just got rid of the weapons. Basically, got rid of them. gun deaths down to you know minuscule levels. Why? Because, well, common sense. Now, they didn't have a National Rifle Association. They didn't have a gun lobby that basically makes its money by making sure that America is all armed. They didn't have menta- a mentality that grows from that, that basically says my only way of protecting myself if the other guy has a gun is if I have two guns. We, they, 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 they hadn't gotten to that level of insanity. But you've got to break through that. If you don't break through that, if, if you don't, if someone doesn't take a first step and really seriously go beyond just the state level and actually begin to pull back on this stuff and begin outlawing the ownership of handguns. Get, we don't need handguns. You get rid of them. Okay? Now, they better be off the street by X, and if, you, if it's not, then you will have a 20 year sentence or whatever. The, the, that's it. We're going to just have build, to build more prisons for people who were stupid enough to still have handguns. You better get rid of them. Assault weapons, you're going to find yourself a mandatory sentence. That, that's it. You, you get these things off the street, you do it on a national basis, it becomes, it becomes a commitment it's got to get done. If you don't do these things and the public wants them to be done and the legislative powers and the executive powers and the courts aren't getting them done, well, again, the argument right now seems to be, well, people will sort of put up with this and almost seemingly indefinitely. It's just, you know, this is how things work and my argument is is that there's there's a point at which people will not continue to put up with this type of crap indefinitely there is believe it or not <clears throat> i believe a point at which people will stop putting up with this sort of impotence in government if if a legislature if our if our congress cannot act to protect the vast majority of the American people, if the Supreme Court cannot follow its own rules, if it loses all credibility, and therefore the court system below it becomes whatever, credible, not credible. When it gets to the Supreme Court, don't worry, they'll make a political decision. Clarence Thomas will still be sitting on all the cases that involve uh, January 6th, and he, of course, will go in the extreme to basically ignore that January 6th ever happened, and he can be counted on to do that. Why? Because he's owned by whatever forces and whatever numbers own someone like him it's apparent there's no thought process involved his wife Jenny is basically a uh, a unindicted co-conspirator at this point was directly associated with the efforts to get the January 6th going and to perpetuate the lie that came with it. Any other rational Supreme Court justice would recuse themselves from any cases that might involve January 6th. Clarence Thomas refuses to. The court refuses to uh, consider the fact that it's about to destroy its credibility by basically blowing up a 50-year decision to make stare decisis, therefore, meaningless, that there is no precedent that is precedentable, but then again, what the hell do we need the court for? All we're saying then is now we can basically go ahead and politicize it depending on which way the wind is blowing, that it's meaningless. And, and the court itself seems to be committed to making sure that happens. I can only imagine the type of fights and arguments back and forth going on within the court. I can't believe that Kavanaugh and who was the other one, I guess, uh, uh, was it uh, the, the other justice, the, the, other ma- the male justice that was appointed. I mean, who, who, is, who is jumping up and down on their heads about the fact that they lied during their hearings? why aren't they being called for imp- why haven't they been impeached already if it were if it were a republican president would there be calls for their impeachment already i, I think there should be they should be impeached they lied during their hearing they lied i mean it's it, it just just like trump said I'm, I'm i'll meet you down at the white house <laughs> Kavanaugh said, no, I a uh, starry decisive stance, I would not overturn Roe v. Wade. Said it straight out. He lied. He lied. You don't lie without consequence, especially when you're under oath. Donald Trump, as a sitting president of the United States, essentially led an insurrection against his own country. He basically broke his oath. There are federal laws that are right there. Liz Cheney says that they will spell out a conspiracy. Now, Merrick Garland is going to be in a position, once these hearings have taken place, to have to basically bring down indictments against the former president of the United States. If the committee lays out the information that it says it's going to, Then it will have the. Then the Justice Department under Merrick Garland will have no choice but to basically bring indictments against the people who have committed conspiracy against the United States. You can't just try to overturn an election, the most fundamental function of the country, and walk away and oh well, it was it was a it was a it was a cold afternoon on January sixth, and there wasn't much else to do. So we thought we'd have an insurrection. Next Next, uh, what else, what else is on TV tonight? What, what's, who's Tucker's guest this evening? How will Tucker's I smell shit face be utilized tonight to basically squint and make us all feel better that something otherwise logical is meaningless in Tucker land? How, you know, you can't keep doing that and expecting people not to react. What you are doing by, by inaction is basically making uh, the, the possibility of reaction without control all the more likely and well possible, and I would argue, all the more likely. At some point, people will say, what the hell difference does it make? Who will say that? People from either side. If the people on the far right believe that things are still going against them because, well, this is our last chance, you know, uh, we don't speak about it, but you know that the country is about to become a country in which the average person will not be from two white parents, that's the underlying theme, of course, and that's the source of much paranoia for no particular reason, but that's what's racing through people's heads. And, of course, all the other... Uh, nega- and you negate the intellectuals, by letting them feel as though they're smarter than anyone in anything and you allow them to go oh what the hell the country has been doing this type of crap forever that's another easy way to get the intellectual types to not be pushing back and saying why aren't we prosecuting an insurrection i see it i see it among people i know it's it 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 infuriates me it 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 basically Beyond my, but I see I see how I see how it's played. I see how how people basically can be suckered into this. That breaking the law is no longer breaking the law. Well, it was broken before. But that means there's no real law. That means anyone who breaks it can simply break it because, well, it doesn't matter in the end, does it? As we speak, the percentage of Americans who are certain that Donald Trump uh, led an insurrection, that he's responsible for what happened on January 6th, is below, believe it or not, below 50%. There are, there's another 20% or so that sort of feel that he had some responsibility. And there's a, something around 17 or 20% who believe that, no, he probably really didn't have much responsibility for this. It's, it's, it's been driven to that level of stupidity, that level of, of, of uh, uh, irrelevance in, in the mind of people who basically are just being entertained by all of this. It will be of incredibly significant, great importance at this point to see how these hearings play out, what information is produced, I don't expect anyone. I don't expect any great change in in belief process, But the important thing here is that the information has to get out. Now, I I, I still have to figure out uh, what networks it's going to be on, and and how it's going to be played out, and who's going to be showing it regularly, and how this will all be um, fed back. I, I I have no doubt that the uh, that the that the far-right uh, outlets will basically find or attempt to find some kind of, whatever they're calling, counter-programming. It'll, it'll be out there to basically distract the distractible. But if the argument is made as cogently as I believe it's going to be made, then there will be the absolute mandate for action. If the case is made as powerfully as I expect, that Donald Trump, what we all witnessed 18 months ago, and he's been running around Mar a Lago doing whatever he's doing and being, you know, trying to run the world and being the kingmaker and everything else, and, and seemingly unscathed 18 months after committing insurrection against the United States. If, if, if he can do that without ever having to pay a price, and those around him pay prices, several, several hundred people go to prison who, who invaded, and, and people around him now have been in... Indi- but if he himself, he was on TV, if he, he's the guy that basically called it all on and made it all happen, if he gets away with this or appears to be getting away with it because Merrick Garland now just again drags his feet after these hearings and nothing really seems like it's going to happen and the anger just keeps building as we approach the midterms and this gives everybody the opportunity to be angry about something. Now the Democrats get to be angry and their anger begins to spill over and it begins to spill outside of the boundaries of the system and maybe we have to start doing things to ensure that non-functional system still reflects the desires of the majority of the country. Maybe we have to start doing our equivalent of putting uh, politicized secretaries of states in place in order to make sure that the elections go our way, or at least go the way they were voted, or give people an opportunity to actually vote where they've been consciously pulled out. Once the Republican mindset, the screw it all, they're taking this away from us, the equivalent of that, once that filters through into the Democratic mindset, and so help me, it's going to happen, when, when the sense that playing by the, that our, our rule, our goal is no longer to play by the rules because no one's enforcing the rules. If they'd enforce the rules... And if they'd be rational and reasonable, things would go very well and certainly would be looking far more like they're going in a progressive direction. But the powers that be don't seem capable of enforcing, even enforcing the rules in an appropriate way, much less making the country go in the direction that the majority of people wanted to go in. And once that really, really infects the democratic mindset... Do you honestly believe that, that Democrats will not be tempted or might not find ways to begin acting Republican-ish? They're taking this away from us. We can't let this happen. We're going to fill in the blank. I don't know what's going to come uh, from these hearings coming up, from the, from the publicized hearings. I can tell you that if there isn't some tangible, visceral uh, change brought into play, if, if there isn't some reaction from the Justice Department to what is going to be presented relative to the responsibility of Donald and others in this insurrection, if this all begins to look as though it's just simply going to drift away, we are looking at a very, very dangerous situation in this country. Because I don't think Democrats are willing to just let it all pass I don't think I, I, I don't think we'll simply allow ourselves to feel depressed to the point of there's nothing we can do about it. Give give the Trumpians whatever they want and let the country go to hell. I I, I don't think it's going to go that way. I I want to say I hope it's not going to go that way. But then again, if it if it's not going to go that way, it means that we will have taken matters into our own hands. And I keep raising up this other specter when this, when this, we might get to that point. We have the largest and strongest military in the world. We have an organization with more guns, power, weaponry, manpower than any other nation and several other nations combined. And we essentially have in that organization a tradition and a history of order and structure. Yes, it's a under civilian control, but if the civilian control, uh, if the civilians controlling the military are unable to control the country, people look at me and laugh. Come on, are you out of your mind? America, a military? What a hunter! I I just ask people to think think it through think it through no we're not we we can't be going we're not going that far we can't be give me a scenario give me take take the take the the path we're on right now and give me a scenario that does not end in chaos give me a scenario that allows the trumpians to just take over everything because you know as 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 there is no effort made to call into, uh, you know, call to task the people who are responsible for an insurrection. Give me a scenario where nothing is done with gun laws ever, and people just accept the fact that there's more and more killing and no one really does anything, and especially it's legislatures or, or, the, or, the, or the Congress. Give me a scenario where nothing really, really changes. And I'll give you a scenario where the military becomes a viable option in any country. It's happened many times before. We are not paying attention. We are not being responsible. We are not thinking about what could happen if politicians continue to be irresponsible especially, in this case, obviously, Republican politicians, where it's just about staying in power, having power, and and the hell with everything else. My job means more than the country. I, 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 I don't like saying all this, but I would be more than happy to entertain alternate scenarios. I don't honestly see much if nothing really changes. And the change that I need to see is the one that hopefully will come very shortly after the hearings, the televised hearings of the January 6th committee beginning this Thursday. We better see a little justice. We really need a little justice. I think right now we could use a little jazz as well. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you been listening to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. We can't do a damn thing about guns because, well, there's a political problem with protecting America. We can't do a thing about gas because, well, it's a political issue about making sure the oil companies that are big donors get their due. We can't do a damn thing about Starry decisis and Roe v. Wade because it's political. But if we can't actually prosecute an insurrection, then what are we as a country? What's worth protecting?